Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, John Bauer, and that's at the Bauer Club on Twitter. And of course, I'm joined by Dan LaMagna. That is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's up, Dan? Usual week, man. Just pumped up as always. You know, I want to say I've never been more pumped up for Dynasty Theory because, you know, there's no games now. This is like new territory to me here. I'm entering that dynasty zone, dysfunction rankings done, regular rankings done. You guys got me startup drafting here in the last two days. Let's go. Middle of February, and it is your first startup of the season. That's embarrassing. That's a disappointment. <laughs> but one man that was not waiting, Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? Isn't this the best time of the year? I mean, football's over, so you don't have to worry about that real football stuff. Now it's all spreadsheet football and startup season. I mean, this is what the dynasty landscape lives for. And then we have, you know, obviously the the combine kind of the pro days, the free agency, NFL draft, rookie drafts. And then we start to get into the off the the summer and it's like, eh, okay. But yeah, this is it, man. This is it. You know, and then we're putting our our startup strategies to the test and the way we approach things to start the show off tonight. I really want to dig into that. I want to talk about where we were last year, maybe even two years ago, and where we are today. And it's going to be different for Mitch, Dan, and myself, but I think we're going to see some common themes here. And then I think there's going to be some really good talking points where we're like, hey, hey, buddy, you might want to switch that up. But Mitch, why don't you start us? us why don't you start us off? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I can't even talk over here. Uh, start us off. What have you been seeing with yourself personally, your two startups and two rounds in here in the off season? Right. This season's been very different for me because a few years ago, I followed Ryan McDowell's productive struggle like to a T and I did that a lot and it worked out really well. But once I started getting more leagues, um, I got a little bit more confident in how I was drafting and I felt more comfortable trying to compete in the first year to where when I was newer on the scene, I wasn't. And I mean, if you're newer or even if you have questions about what's going on at a startup at that certain time of the year, I think productive struggle is definitely the way to go. But now I'm drafting to compete. I'm willing to trade up, which is I mean, you talk to anybody and it was like, no, you trade back in startups. And while I think that's the best way to go about it, I just don't think it's very possible anymore. We're in a current startup. It's a 14 team super flex league. So we are going to bring that up periodically throughout tonight's episode, but it just got kicked off. We're halfway through the second round and it's 14 sharp teams. I say teams because there's what, 15 or 16 of us in there. Mm -hmm. Mitch and I were co-managing. Dan, he's flying solo. Dan, you and I have never co-managed a team together. Do you think we would survive a season if we did? We might not survive a, a couple of rounds, never mind a, a season, JB. You know, but I think, you know, it's it's nothing negative towards either of us. I think we both have control issues, especially me. I you know, I think you you collaborate excellent with Mitchell over there. So 
but someday maybe someday it's mainly because i let john do whatever he wants in the drafts so i'm like hey let's get christian mccaffrey here he's like no we're getting josh allen and i'm like all right i'm okay with josh allen as long as i can point out the fact that we did not take christian mccaffrey for the rest of the year well, I want to point to that because in the chat, Owen says the 2020 running back injury and mayhem is certainly showing in the drafts up to this mm-hmm. point in the offseason. And there's a lot of early quarterback runs. While it is a 14-team super flex league, we have even seen it in 12-team super flex leagues this offseason. People are not willing to wait on quarterback as much as they might have been in the past. And I was one of those people. I, how many times have I said it, guys? I have so many teams with those players like a Matthew Stafford, who, who I'm still okay with, or a Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I, it's a little tough for me. But I was okay going into seasons with those quarterback 20-ish type players as my quarterback too. That's not the situation now. And a lot of it is you know, dictated by league mates. Dan, you just traded up a couple hours ago in the first round. It was, or it was 201 in a 14-team league. I want to keep reminding the listeners here, 14 teams, for Tua. While some might see that as early, he was quarterback 12 off the board in 15 picks, 12 quarterbacks. Yeah, I kind of feel dirty in this draft here. It's It's been, I'm going against the grain. I went against it early, taking Justin Herbert over Dak Prescott, and, and we all know my my fandom with Dak behind me here. I text my good friend, uh, who I used to coach, who plays a lot of fantasy sports. He says, he's Used to, he's from San Diego, so he's a big Herbert guy. He says, I can't believe I took Herbert over Dak. And he goes, oh, I'm not surprised. That's what you should have done. He goes, what I am surprised is you're drafting in February to the point of, you know, this is the earliest I've ever been drafting in a startup here. And then when we got to the second round there, and I think once we hit that cutoff point where I think Russ Wilson, like all the young, talented, elite, potential guys were off the board, then Russ went, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is really getting deep. And uh, I just talked myself into two of there, just kind of drinking the Kool-Aid of everything that was against them last year will not be against them this year. You know, he'll have camp. He'll have his health. Miami will improve. He's 22 years old, and there's just a very high ceiling there. And I'm starting out with two very young quarterbacks in a dynasty league that I feel good with versus we talked about teardrops in previous episodes not getting – caught in the teardrop and getting stuck where I'm uncomfortable. And that's one of the reasons that I opted to take as a team. It was a, it was a collective effort. I don't want to say I opted. We opted kind of with, with hesitancy there on Mitch's part for Josh Allen. But again, Owen in the chat says, well, quarterback certainty is low too. If you miss, you miss hard. And Mitch, you talked about it. One way I like to counter that is by moving back. So if you're in the first round, if you're in the second round, and you can move back to the third, fourth, pick up an extra fifth, sixth. While you aren't getting that high-end asset, now you're able to minimize your risk, right? And that's what that's all about. You're getting more, more, uh, you know, choices there, more options to to hit later on. But if you have that first-round pick and they they bust, that's going to hurt you. Whereas now you have a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever, and it definitely minimizes that risk to an extent but as dan typically dan loves to move up and get his guys no issue there but mitch you've started to transition into that mindset and a lot of it is just the way everybody in dynasty is playing 
Yeah, a big thing with trading back, even just two years ago, is you could get a lot for it. If you traded your first round pick, you could get a second, a fourth, a sixth, and a first on top of that. Now you just can't get that much. I mean, you're getting a little bump in around, and maybe you get a 22 or just a future first out of it. But it's just so hard to get enough for me to move off those stud players because I still want the studs. I don't want, there was a long time where I went depth over, you know, having the stud players. And right now I would just rather have the studs because as we've seen in a lot of our leagues, if a stud goes down, you could trade him. And that's the greatest thing about dynasty. You have Chris McCaffrey, he gets hurt. You could trade him and get someone else. And something going off of that, and Dan, I'll transition this over you to anything that you've switched up. I, I know you're only a round and a half in, but maybe just something, uh, you know, looking ahead at the draft board. I don't want you to throw your whole strategy out there because I know a lot of those league mates might be tuning into Dynasty Theory. Like, like you said, Mitch, everybody that they're they're trying to move back, and that just isn't possible. And it's it, it can be tough, but then the value flips, and it's like okay. Let's start, let's start moving up. But uh, Dan, anything different for you? Anything early on in this off season, you're looking back 12 months ago, 24 months ago. And you're like, yeah, if, if I could tell myself this, this is where I would be today. You know, I went into this and I know you guys are going to bust my chops. And, you know, I says, Hey, I'm not trading my draft picks. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on to them. I'm going to build my team, you know, this way, if my roster doesn't go the way I originally designed it to, I still could just reload with draft picks. And then, yeah, you're right, Owen. Then it all went down the toilet here. And uh, what round was it, boys? Round two, um, where I, I traded all my draft picks next year for the opportunity to move up. Now, a little bit while, different. While than- it was round two, we were still in round one. <laughs> so I'm going to call that round one. And then, yeah, it didn't take too long there. But I think a little bit different is I'm not getting stuck with my heart, I'm not going after, I'm not jeopardizing my team as far as losing draft picks in a deep 14-team league. Um, in the first round, actually, when I was at 103, I did trade back, which is very rare for me. And maybe, again, a year or two ago, I don't think I ever traded back. I always wanted to get my guys. But, you know, maybe a little bit out of the JB mold of not being so loyal to my guys. And, uh, you know, hey, this is this is a business here. This is money we're trying to win in a very competitive 14-team league. Uh, you know, I got a little bit extra to move back just two spots and get Herbert, who was the guy I kind of wanted anyway. And then when I did move up, it wasn't just for Tua. I was able to move up in some other spots because I know there's going to be some guys I'm going to want later. And I was able to do that without losing any capital this year, just a little bit of next year's capital. And Mitch, I, I kind of blanked for a second. You know, both of you know, once I go off on a tangent somewhere, I miss my original point. So I want to go back for a second. But you talked about wanting to get that stud still. Typically, what I found with myself, when I would accumulate that additional depth via the startup, as the offseason would progress, as that season would hit, I eventually would like to consolidate some of those assets and, and acquire one of those studs that I very well could have just had in the startup. And uh, instead of all that maneuvering and finagling and this and that, I, I could have just went that direction. But Dan, you brought up a really good point, and it was about not going after specific guys. Okay, I love Dak Prescott. I have I have the cardboard cut out here. I'm Coach Dan, Dallas, everything. But you made a decision, and 
it was to go with Justin Herbert and keeping your heart out of it. Mitch, you threw out a tweet. I think it was last week and it was your dynasty tenants. Basically it was, this is what you need to do going into a dynasty league, a startup. I want you to run through that because I think it ties in perfectly to what Dan just said. Yeah. So this is what I want, right? Like I said, I want to trade back. So the first thing I have is trade back when possible. And I think everybody wants to do it. Just some leagues you can't. Second one is trust the tiers. I mean, I'm not looking for specific players outside of the top three tight ends. Like I'll continue to look for them. But other than that, I'm not looking for a specific guy. And then oh, really, really quick while it's on my, mm-hmm. my mind here, because again, I'm going to, what am I talking about? Uh, trust your tiers. If, if I have a tier with six guys in there and those are my next six guys up and I'm only five spots off of the current pick, I'm not going to move up. There's no reason to. And I think that's something if I could go back and talk to 2019 JB or 2018, well, there's probably a few things I would tell him, but one of the top things would be about the tier situation. And you don't have to move up. And and it just, it makes so much sense. And it sounds silly and simple. But if you have six guys similarly valued, why are we moving up? Uh, Some of that was just the need to trade, I think. You you get that itch. Mm -hmm. You know, I I know it's the middle of winter. Everybody gets dry skin, but I had the trade itch. That, That was my issue. All right, Mitch, what else did you have there? All right, then the next one is just wide receivers can be found in any round. And the reason why I bring that up is you could take DK Metcalf, in the early second round, while he might be your wide receiver one, you could get someone like Chris Godwin in the sixth round right now, especially in 12-team leagues. And so the wide receiver landscape is just you could find wide receivers whenever you want to. And then one, tight end premium, I'm actually going to bring this up a little bit later, is I still want one of the big three. Just without a doubt, I want Waller, Kelsey, Kittle if I can. Sometimes if you draft early, and I'll go into this later, is you just can't do it. And then in a 12-team league, because like I was saying earlier, I always want to contend, right? And that's something that I think you can be able to do. 12-team leagues, I actually think you could trade back and pick up an extra 22 first and still compete. Because if you're drafting the right guys at that point, you're getting the correct value, you could still get the playoffs, especially because a lot of 12-team leagues, top six make it. You only need to be in the top 50% to make the playoffs there. And then the last one, like I brought up before, is just don't worry about individual players. Just go within the tiers and trust your process. But like I was saying on that, so when you go, Dan had a trade up to get Tua in the first round, right? And that's what we're seeing here is quarterbacks are going so fast. And I want to go get one of those big three tight ends. I talked last year on how I'm not leaving a draft without one of those tight ends. The problem is right now, if you go for two of them, your team is horrible. You have like maybe one quarterback. You won't have any running backs. Your best wide receiver might be T Higgins, which is fine, but you can't have that as your wide receiver one. Yeah. The, the tight end thing, that's definitely getting me here early in the off season because a lot of people are sharing that thought mm-hmm. and we're seeing Kittle, Kelsey and, and Waller. Those are the three that you've, you alluded to that are certainly going early in tight end premium formats and they should be, but now it's at the point that if you have an early first, like we have, I think in both of our co-managed startups this off season, mm-hmm. you're not going to land them because by the time it comes back around, unless you can move up. But again, 
I feel like people were tending to stay put early in the offseason just because lack of overall ADP and, and things like that. But one other thing I want to talk about here, and I, I have the notes, changing trends. And part of that, you know, we could look at the trading up, trading back. But is there anything else? And this can be, again, for you specifically or the, the larger scale, which was my mindset here going into this, that you're seeing, again, from three years ago to two years ago to last year, one of those changing trends would have been everybody moving up to get those studs to everybody moving back. And now I think we're starting to find that balance. Can you guys come up with anything or, uh, you know, anything for our listeners here, Dan? One thing that I, that I expected, and it was maybe a carryover from, you know, this past NFL season is that attraction with those rushing quarterbacks, you know, those hybrid run pass guys. And we just saw it in the startup today. I mean, where you, you know, Mahomes is the obvious kind of elite guy that goes first. And then you guys jumped on Josh Allen, which he's been just fabulous. You know, I mean, he, you know, you're going to get that extra running production. He's going to be a top scorer in your league. It's too early to take a tight end there and a tight end premium. So what do you do? You take the rushing quarterback that's going to give you an advantage. And then I was able to trade back because someone wanted Kyler. Then it was Deshaun Watson. And then, you know, Herbert, you know, kind of breaks the mold a little bit. You know, I think one of the things I was attracted to there was the age. So he at least fits in that age category. That rocket arm, which I love. So there's the big plays. And I remember, you know, not having Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in the game. And he was still hitting guys and throwing throwing up numbers. But then went Dak. You know, as long as he comes back to health, you know, there's your running quarterback. Then it's Lamar. So seven in a row are kind of that young, elite, flashy running quarterback. And then Trevor Lawrence goes eight. So he's going to join that class now. Um, so it was just then Burrow, Fields, athletic, young. I mean, to me, that's a trend right now. You, you want to come out with one of those quarterbacks in the early going. Here, let me ask a follow-up question there because this is something I was thinking about. So you're in a startup today, right? And you, you took Christian McCaffrey in the first round. And in the second round, you went one of those big tight ends. It's tight end premium. And those quarterbacks are flying off the board, flying off the board, flying off the board. What do you do at that point when it gets back to you in the third and fourth round? And we'll say 12 team here, but there are still some 12 team leagues where they're just flying. So now it's like, do I take, <laughs> I mean, it, it's crazy to think about in the fourth round. Do I take a Derek Carr? Do it. Bitch, you have a thought. I can tell you exactly what happens because I've done that. I drafted Kelsey in the first, went with Dobbins in the second, and then immediately went, I had to take Matt Ryan, and then I got Jared Goff. Or I got Jared Goff and then Matt Ryan. This was before the trade. But and that still, was a fourteen team league, I believe. Yeah, fourteen team. And so but that's what happens. And that's the type, whether you want those quarterbacks or not, but that's the type and the rank of quarterback you're gonna be able to get. And then you still don't have your RB two at that point. You don't well, have a wide receiver at that point. Let me ask though. So you took a Goff and Ryan, mm -hmm. and where's my garbage can here? I I, I might spit up a <laughs> my little. My team's bit. in it right now, right? Even though my my most roster quarterback is Matt Ryan. So what the heck am I saying over here? But would you, looking back on it, and I don't know exactly how that draft played out, would you have preferred to wait a few rounds and maybe get a a, a Brady and a Ben? Might buy you a year. Might buy might buy you two years. But Brady went in the fifth, I think. So I would have maybe lasted like a round more. But oh, no, man. I mean those 
the problem is, and I mean, I'm going to let Dan jump in here, but the quarterbacks are just flying off the board and you just can't wait this year. I mean, previous years, seventh, eighth, ninth round, you could get starting quarterbacks. You cannot do that this year. One more follow-up question. I keep saying that's my, that's always my tagline. One more. And then Dan, I'm going to throw it over to you. One, one sec, one sec. So given the cho- choice to do it again, given the opportunity, would you have gone Ryan and Goff? I would have chose someone different than Goff at this point. But you would have go- gone quarterback there, even yeah. though probably doesn't look great compared to the skill position players around him. I got Dobbins and Kelsey, so I, I could sleep at night knowing that I have those two. Mitch's team could be a dumpster fire, but he has Travis Kelsey and he's okay. All right, Dan, sorry, you had a timeout ready. Hey, but I mean, to, to Mitch's point, when you look at how he constructed that roster that he's using as an example, and there's a lot of examples like that. There's going to be examples like that in the startup draft we're in. You can make it work, but you're playing a dangerous game. And, you know, Mitch is like, okay, now I'm now I'm out walking on eggshells with Matty Heist this year, hoping they don't draft a quarterback, and then that could be short-lived. Obviously, he was nervous about Goff. Now, maybe he bought a couple years with Detroit, maybe. But again, he's he's got quarterbacks that job security is becoming in question. They're very hard to trade. And now I think it pegs him in a hole a little bit where, you know, if, if that was Dan who traded away his draft picks, he'd be really in trouble. So I think you have to have draft capital in those kind of cases. So, okay, at some point, when am I getting that young quarterback that, you know, this year's a great year to find a replacement quarterback. You know, hopefully maybe Mitch could do that with a first round pick. I don't, I don't know what your picks are in that league, Mitch, but that's the dangerous game you play. And then sometimes you don't even get Matty Ice and Goff. Mm-hmm. If you fade a little bit, sometimes if you roll the dice a little too much and then another quarterback run goes, then you're going into that like final tier there and you're looking at, okay, hey, is Trubisky going to have a job this year? Is <laughs> is Cam Newton going to play? Or, or you're going even deeper into like, who's the New Orleans quarterback going to be? And and then you just better pray injuries don't happen as well. So does it make sense from a dynasty perspective and through all of my what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, I've kind of been leading here. If you're in that situation, I know you went Kelsey and it's tight end premium. So in your mind, you get Kelsey that early. You're thinking win now mm-hmm. I'm winning this season, but let's say you went a different direction from Kelsey, even in the first one. And you happen to go, well, let's even say Kittle. So it buys you a few more years. Is there any situation that you would look at it and just say, screw quarterback, I'm going to punt this year, I have my 2022 first, I'm going to get one of those three rookie quarterbacks coming in in 2022? I used to look at it that way, I really did, but I don't anymore because I think they're so the greatest thing about Dynasty is let's just based off a 12-team league, right? there's probably three teams in that league that are already going to be playing for next year. You're going to have the one guy who wants to get all the 22 draft picks. You're going to have the other guy who's going to want to draft all the rookies from this year. And then you're going to have someone else who just didn't draft very well. And then so you're looking at six out of nine teams are really going to be making the playoffs. And I think even with slightly worse quarterback play, I could probably get it to work. But The good thing and something that I'm slowly learning from John and Dan on this is you do need a stud quarterback. And that is something that I have changed from previous previous years. I would go in with Stafford and Goff and be completely happy. But now having Josh Allen, having 
Justin Herbert, anybody like that who was just the steady rock you could have in your quarterback one slot. I mean, I think it puts you so far ahead of probably four teams in the league that it's just setting you up for the playoffs that much better. It always gives you an out too if the draft doesn't go your way. I think we have one gentleman in our our league. I made him a trade offer in another league after I drafted Herbert. I'm like, all right, let me go on a little Herbert kick and see where his value is in other leagues. And he ended up writing me back and says, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to now. He goes, but to fix this roster, I know I got to trade one of my young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So he's at least equipped in that league to be able to maneuver to, to what, we're, what you're talking about, Mitch. If you have one of those guys and the draft doesn't go your way, you can make a move. If you have Matty Ryan and Goff and the draft doesn't go your way, you, you may be limited. So there's definitely value in having at least one uh, elite young quarterback. If you get two, you're in even better shape. And this just goes into what we talked about in the first segment here with the shakeups, the way we're looking at things, but also the changing trends from the larger dynasty landscape. Mitch and I, through the Patreon, again, that's patreon.com forward slash dynasty theory, are doing one of the team breakdowns immediately after this show. Mitch, you looked at it and a note you had, and this, I think the startup was last year or two years ago, Mm -hmm. through two rounds, four quarterbacks were taken. Granted, it was a 12-team league, but if you're in a startup this year, I I would be shocked if four quarterbacks went in the first two rounds. I, I'd be shocked if fewer than eight went in the first two rounds, honestly. Oh, completely. I mean, and so we're talking about this, right? We've talked about tight ends, a little bit about running backs. What's the one thing we're not bringing up at all is wide receivers. Wide receivers. Because if you take a wide receiver in the second or third round, in my belief, you're crippling your team because you're not getting that upside. I mean, you could get DK Metcalf, who can be an unbelievable wide receiver for the next decade for your team. That production is somewhat replaceable by someone you could get in the sixth round. You can't say that about quarterbacks right now, and you can't say that about tight ends right now, and kind of with running backs, is running backs always weird. You can always find those ones that break out. Yeah, the, the, it's just it's such an interesting offseason so far. And of course, you know, a lot of people, they're putting together great mock data Mm -hmm. and in mocks, you know, Mitch and I, we we've talked about this in the past, but I'm always skeptical of mock ADP simply because you get people joining one every day. And what do they do? They try a different strategy, every single one. Well, what does it look like if I fade quarterback in this one? What does it look like if I do this or that? things that they might not necessarily do. And then when it comes to an actual startup super flex draft, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to get a golf. I don't want to get a Ryan, a Ben, a Brady. Uh, I, I was joking in our one league. I'm going to have to pay seven first for even Phillip rivers at this point. That's the way quarterbacks are valued. And it's just, you know, so when you look at mock ADP, I think you have to be a little, <sighs> skeptical and hesitant and i know owen provided some great adp that he got through another resource and it's good to see i always say this it's good to see where running backs rank compared to each other they're great for positional rankings Yep. yep where quarterbacks go in relation to each other but when you're in super flex and that's what we love about super flex every single draft is different completely different your quarterbacks in one league might go two or three rounds ahead from where they might go in another. So I just think that's very important. What did we start off this conversation talking about? I have no idea, but this is where we ended up and I could probably talk about it for 10 more hours. 
I just want to touch on mock drafts. One thing I do like is they help me separate Coach Dan from fantasy football, Dan. Like there are like, you know, I might get on a high of a guy I want. And I'm like, oh, I really think this guy's going to have a breakout year. It might be good. And then I'm like, all right, knowing that people may be experimenting, you know, like you said, being skeptical of those mock drafts. But if I look at enough of them and that guy I want isn't in that round range at all, it's saying, hey, slow down. Don't go with your heart. Hold on. You know, it doesn't mean I'm wrong or, you know, you're wrong with that pick. But you are wrong if you take them way too way too early. So utilize those mocks to just to, to learn value. Don't be jumping on a guy three four rounds early. Right. Yep. And then again, there's there's certainly positives and and pros to the mock drafts. So I'm not saying oh mock drafts scrap them all. I do think they still provide valuable information. It's just whenever you start mixing together the different position groups, it gets a little little hazy there. Now I I laughed at myself when I put this together because. You look at this last section, league mate mistakes. People are going to be looking at this like, who the heck do these guys think they are? I, I've seen some of the teams that JB and Mitch put together, and they're saying I had mistakes, but there are some things I've already seen. And Dan, I'm sorry, but you're my guinea pig right now. So I got to say something. And this caught my eye, and you can defend yourself if you'd like. You can justify in any way you want. But you made a trade. And you moved back like two spots in that first round, right? It was it was in the trade that you moved back two spots and got Justin Herbert. And then several pick swaps throughout the rest of the draft, you swapped two spots. In my mind, you essentially gave somebody a jet get out of jail free card, a free square to move up two spots. Yeah, you got that little bump later on but I thought you could have got more there. I couldn't get out of that 103 spot for the life of me. And, and I mean, I was putting it out there. There was no one out of 14 teams that wanted to trade me. So I had no leverage to get more. And the team I was negotiating with kept trying to even get give less than that. And I didn't budge. I refused to budge. So that is kind of where I got stuck. But for me, it was, I didn't want Kyler Murray. And I hate to say that, and I, and believe me, I, there was some risk in that trade for me because I think Kyler Murray could be a stud. I think he could have a great season. I'm not bashing Kyler Murray, but there's just that little gut part of me that the 8-8 eight and eight Cardinals, I watched Kyler Murray get pretty beat up towards the end of last season. He's a small dude, and I just think unless they really build that O-line around him, he's a guy that could wear out. He's a guy that just may not be what he's completely cracked up to be, and I was just so high on – Herbert or Deshaun Watson or somebody after him. I'm like, you know what? In a 14-team deep league, if I could get a couple bumps later on, I'm, I'm going to take them and I'm just going to get the guy I want. So, uh, you know, to your point, JB, you know, it, it wasn't for lack of trying or effort. It just wasn't there. And uh, I got my guy. And then I think, you know, later on, I was able to maneuver some picks and just, again, con continued one trade, help hopefully help another. Now, I want to talk about the specifics of the trade. So it was 103 for the 105, those were involved. The 210, the 212, the 410, the 412, and then the 2705 and 2812. But I, so it's it's two spot bumps. Why risk? Why risk not getting your guy and Justin Hurt? Who cares if it's the two spot difference? I don't feel comfortable taking him at 103. Why risk it at all, though? I was willing to even trade back again from 105. And again, that that wasn't happening either. Um, I think Herbert could score more than Murray. And I look at whether when I pick later, 
I get a chance to go up ahead of a couple of teams. So that's like two, three teams. I'm going to have an advantage of over those rounds. And if someone wants to trade me, no one likes those end of the round picks. So any bump up was kind of helpful. Again, it was just a little bit of a gamble. I could see devil's advocate other side without a doubt. I mean, if you're pro Kyler and not sold on Herbert or whatever the case may be, but I just, I even go back to our team previews. I'm just kind of really drinking the Kool-Aid with the chargers right now in the direction of that franchise and that quarterback. I have no issue with the Herbert pick. I'm just saying, pick him at 103. Don't risk it there. Mitch, did you have any thoughts on this? Or did you look at that and you were like, eh, I'm okay with it. Maybe I'm just being a... I actually thought the trade was fine for what happened, but it did remind me of a trade that I see happen probably once in every couple of startups. So what will happen? Let's say I'm on the clock in the second round. I will get a trade offer and I will have to give away my second round pick and my fifth round pick, and someone is going to give me their third and their fourth. So what happens is I drop one round, but then I gain one round later. And I see this trade happen constantly, and it gets offered constantly. If you are trading back one round just to gain one round later in the draft, you are immediately losing value because the picks higher in the draft are worth more than they will be any spots lower. I don't care what rounds we're talking about here. But if you're the person trading down the round, you're immediately losing value. Like I see it happen constantly. And each time I get one of those trades, I'm like, this trade doesn't make sense. Like, sure, I'm gaining a round later, but I'm losing a round now. And that doesn't make any sense ever for anybody. But we see it happen all the time. So what is your suggestion then? If you're moving back around from the second to third, a two-round bump? Two-round bump. Or get a future pick as well. Yep. So if you're getting a third and fourth, you would give up your second and sixth. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And sometimes these trades aren't possible. You know, Dan, in the startup we're in right now, you had 103. Mitch and I had 102. That really isn't like you're not going to move back to the 213. We tried. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, guys, get out of here. Um, but, it, you know, it, it does depend where you are in drafts, especially the bigger ones where we're having a 14 or 16 team league, 12 team leagues, maybe you're a little more willing to move back 14, 15, 16 spots just because of 12 teams. But yeah, it's, it's certainly something to to keep in mind. If you get an offer like that, again, be a little skeptical. Yeah. I think JB too, where I had a few quarterbacks, I would have been just, I would have, my head would have slept well on the pillow at night, no matter who they were. So even if I didn't get my guy, Herbert, I had a couple other guys that I was fine with. So I'm thinking, Hey, for me to go back a couple spots and be just as happy, I'll take whatever I could get. I'm still profiting, even if it's small. And it was small. Man, it was. (laughs) And and you you were negotiating in the chat. Hey, counter, 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 counter. And I'm like, that was the second trade, man. That was the second one that the chat was blowing up on, and we were going back and forth. And then there's a little, I think, gamesmanship by a couple teams there, and you know, trying to. And let me tell you, did John there, who we were, I was trading with, man, he's a negotiator and a half. He, he doesn't he is, he is. budge on anything. So, but he's got a strong philosophy, just like you know we did, and that's what took so long. So, the fun of it. One mistake, and it just so happens that the situation that. I'm thinking of specifically, Mitch, you did it. And you and I talked about this, and you don't even know what I'm going to bring up. It could be anything. So maybe be a little scared over there. No, but seriously, in startups, especially when rookie picks are involved, not so much the rookies themselves. And do you know where I'm going yet, Mitch? 
Mm. And the one startup you took James Conner and it it was like, just listen, just listen. The pick, I remember the pick that you took James Conner ahead of, I asked you, I said, in an existing league, would you have traded that pick for James Conner? And I don't know that the answer would have been yes. And now, now Mitch is frantically looking up. I hear, I, I heard the keys. No, I'm good, man. So let's bring it up. So I took James Conner in front of the 202. I didn't have any running backs at that point. Actually, I had Chris Carson. I think I went Chris Carson and James Conner. I'm fine with that. I really am okay with that. But we're we're sitting here, and you and I, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. We're in February. Are you setting a lineup next week? We've talked about this, John. I'm, <laughs> I don't want to get into this too much, but I know, I know everybody says, don't look up your lineup in February. Don't look up your lineup until August. Like, I have it, it, anxiety it's, it's issues. It, it's, like, it's tough, I will look at, and I have teams to where I'm like, hey, I'm going to need a running back to compete this year. And so I will go and try to get a running back in March. I mean, that's how my brain operates. And then my anxiety level will drop a little bit with that league. And I could go on to the next team. No, it's time. I mean, we're, and everybody says it. Mitch, you say it. Mm-hmm. I say it. But there are certainly times that I look at a league and two seconds later, I blast out in the chat, you know, hey, these are the, this is my trade bait. I'm looking for a running back. We'll use the same example, but that was just something. And I use that example specifically, but on the broader scale here, taking a player specifically to fill that roster spot, as opposed to taking value in a pick that at least is going to gain value. And there's another situation. And I don't remember the specific pick, but it involved Devin Singletary. And it went in front of a first. And that just kind of, would you ever Ooh. trade a, that pick for Devin Singletary? The answer is no. Would I have traded that pick for James Conner? The answer is no. And that's the interesting dynamic between existing leagues and startups. And I think that's where you can gain some some edges. Now, guys, bash me. Well, league, you, league mate wait, mistakes. Wait, wait. Time, I got I to just back Mitch up just a little bit there, though. James Conner's got some hope. I mean, he still he just can't stay healthy for the life of him. The Steelers' offensive line's bad. We need to see where he goes. You said 202, I think you said, like a rookie this year, 202. You know, if, if, if Mitch's rookie – I think you're on mute there, Mitch. But if Mitch's rookie is not – if he doesn't have conviction in that rookie being better than James Conner, maybe, you know, again, he's playing a win right now. I can see Devin Singletary because I have no hope in David. Devin my Singletary. honest thinking, I don't want to dive into this team, but my honest thing, as far as the rookie drafts go, in a 14-team league, I think there's going to be four running backs going in the first round in a 14-team league. They always have a little bit of a premium. So there I'm looking at, am I going to get Robbie uh, running back five, which might be Michael Carter at this point? You know, who knows when we actually get to the draft. But I would just rather have James Conner at that point. Okay, I, I I can appreciate that answer. I just wanted to address it and bring it up. Good, and uh, that was just one specific no, no, because we're gonna Wait. sign off tonight and Mitch is gonna send me hate mail tonight. I feel it. <laughs> I think that timing's key there too, JB. So you know, maybe a month or two months from now, like we get closer to the draft, like Mitch says. Now now maybe he starts really liking Michael Car- Carter or Kenneth Gainwell or some running back that now he's got a little more conviction to take him over James Conner as opposed to maybe now at least he knows what he's getting in James Conner versus maybe not where he needs to be and feeling confident and just throwing a random dart at a rookie. 
Dan, you think Mitch, if Mitch is in a league, he's going to let Kenneth Gainwell slip to 202? Come on. <laughs> I do have Mi- the 111 in that draft. <laughs> Mi- Mitch and Kenneth Gainwell go together like peanut butter and jelly, if you will. But, you know, so those are two things that I, I had. Um, you know, whether it's a mistake you see yourself making, league mates making, you know, something that you might be able to take advantage of, you know, is, is there anything you guys can think of here? One thing, I mean, maybe in a small sample early in our startup, but it's definitely, I think, going to play out, especially when we get to the deeper rounds. Like if if I'm our listeners, there is value in going back and listen to some past episodes of Dynasty Theory, you know, the new changes and coaches and coordinators and how this talent is, is going to be used, free agent landing spots. I know you guys are very on the ball of kind of, I don't know. I want to word this professionally there, like, but calling out takes on Twitter as far as being a good source versus something that really doesn't have much validity to it. We're projecting a lot. And I think one of the mistakes I see is a lot of people hold on to last year's values and they apply it into the draft. And as this gets deeper, you know, again, the more you listen to dynasty theory, like we're doing this every day, like every day, like we, between the three of us, there's different strengths. And we've watched every game last year. We, we were looking at theories that apply to the game. We're looking at draft values, ADPs, mocks. So as we go into this this year, we're projecting ahead a little bit and not just hanging on to a guy had a year last year. It's very, very important to be able to adjust and project a little bit. I think that is an amazing point that Dan just brought up. The changing values, you know, and, and it happens too especially at the start of a season, I feel like, you know, we're a month into the new season. Well, I took, you know, let's just say Joe Mixon, for example, I took Joe Mixon at the beginning of that second round in that startup. I'm not going to move him for anything less than that value. Hey, we're, we're four, six, eight weeks in. You think that's his current value? And I just used Joe Mixon for an example. Um, you could, you could plug any player in there, but, once that startup is 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 over, even maybe even before then, it doesn't matter where you took the player. It doesn't in the rookie drafts. It, it doesn't matter, you know. So I I think that's a really good point that Dan brought up. Paying attention and being able to adjust your values, even you know during the off season, a lot of it is perceived. Whether or not it leads to production, I don't know, but we talk about going back and taking these quarterback quarterbacks early in startups like Josh Allen, unless it is something catastrophic, something earth shattering, he's going to be able to sustain value for what three to five years. And I I think it's just being able to, to get players like that, obviously, but if we all knew who those players were, you know, you'd be a dynasty genius year in and year out. But yeah, Dan, I think that's a great point. And it's going to change. It's going to change a few weeks from now. It's going to change a couple months from now. So I think there's an advantage in, again, hey, where we're in the startup today, that's based on everything we have studied from, you know, what we learned last year to projecting ahead based on seven new coaching changes. And then as we get more information in, our, our rankings are going to change again. So, so be ready to adjust in future startup drafts. Mitch, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I see you you nodding. That was perfect. I mean, Dan worded it exactly, I mean, a lot better than I would. So pretty much I'm just going to echo exactly what Dan said. <laughs> it is thanks, rare but, these thanks, days. Man. It is rare that not only do all three of us agree on something, but we just sing the praises of whoever said it. Because usually 
it's Mitch and Dan against me. And I think every listener out there knows that. Well, it should be. So I think that's how it should be. <laughs> Until you get a Steelers jersey behind you, that's how it's got to be. Oh, forget that. Good point. Forget that. <laughs> All right. Well, so talking about the early offseason startups here, and we're going to start to transition more into the free agents. And we really hit on that on the Sunday brunch episode over on the Patreon. Listen, if you find any of our advice or our thoughts or discussion points helpful from these past 106 episodes that we've done or if you find us entertaining or you want any more reason just to say hey i told you so that was a terrible take we provide more takes over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty theory the lowest tier two bucks a month you know if you guys want to support us we are beyond appreciative we do the live show before it hits the podcast feed somebody left a comment hey guys just so you know the alerts aren't going out on YouTube when you guys go live. And I said, well, we move that over to the Patreon and that's going to be an exclusive thing before we get to the podcast feed. So again, if you enjoy anything you have heard over the last 106 episodes, come check us out. I promise you, you're going to enjoy it. So that's kind of my final thought leading into this, but Dan final thoughts. Now, let me ask you, did that jump off your screen quick again? You're, you're on the money. You're on your game tonight, man. I saw it. I visualized that it. it was there for a little bit. A great setup for final thoughts here. And I, I just want to piggyback off your final thought before I get to my final thought, JB. Uh, you know, at $5 a month for the Patreon, and I'm not trying to be a, a salesperson here. That this, this comes from the heart. I subscribe to a lot of different support services, support different, you know, members in our fantasy football community for $5 a month. That's a bargain for how active our chat is in the Patreon for all the information we're sharing, all the content you guys are pumping out specifically. Um, you know, we got some other things in the works that I know we're all excited about. It's a bargain. So I just want to kind of pump that out there, man. I'm learning from us. And again, I, I'm playing, betting, drafting year-round, and, and I'm still learning from this great team and all our listeners in the Patreon. Um, but my final thought, shifting gears there, is take advantage of this time of year to get organized. I, I can't say it enough. I mean, again, keeping up with M Mitch and John, I've never, ever been this organized here in February. I can't even – it's going to be sick come time the NFL season starts. Uh, but establish your rankings. You know, and I, I know we share some rankings through the Patreon if you need. You can find other, you know, resources, but find a way to establish your rankings. Maybe play some best ball, participate in some mock drafts, do some startups, build yourself up over the, the season to gauge players' value. As you do that, you're going to be a very good dynasty player. And uh, use that knowledge you're learning to make some trade offers in your existing leagues, too. It's a, it's a great way to pick up activity in the leagues you're currently in. As much as I rip on it and roll my eyes every time Dan brings up DFS, redraft, best ball, when you bring all of those four components, including Dynasty, together, it does help you tremendously from start decisions. Uh, when One thing I did last year that I, I'm going to do again this year is comparing redraft ADP to Dynasty ADP and seeing the biggest values, especially for a Dynasty perspective, the guys that the community sees as, hey, they're going to be top-notch in 2021, but they're a little bit older, so they're definitely going to lose that luster in Dynasty startups, but finding the discrepancies in value. So when you bring all four of those together, I do think it's just going to help you. All right, Mitch, bring us home, baby. What do you got? All right, this one's going to come completely out of left field because it has nothing to do with football or Dynasty. <laughs> but, you know, it's February. People are all stuck inside. There's snow, you know, and people, they get depressed that way, right? So here's what I'm going to tell you to do. 
go and go on Audible, get David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me. I've been telling John about it for weeks. He is a Navy SEAL. You probably heard him on Joe Rogan. He's been on a ton of podcasts, but Navy SEAL went through Army training or Army Ranger training, runs ultra marathons. The guy is an absolute idol. And, you know, if you're just down, you want a little pick me up, you can't listen to that book without like wanting to run through a brick wall within five minutes. So it's just my one thing, you know, if you just want something to listen to this time of year, David Goggins can't hurt me. Not only do you get fantasy football advice on Dynasty Theory, you now have Mitch giving life advice. Look at that. It, it, it can't get any better. And uh, speaking of getting down, I don't want to get into it too much, but especially this time of year, it's happened to all of us. Mm-hmm. There's days that I, I might be quiet in the chat, and it's like 9 o'clock at night. I went the whole day kind of quiet, and I know I'm going to get that message from Mitch. Hey, dude, everything all right? Well, yeah, work sucked today, Mitch. Thanks for asking. And but but no, seriously, it's always great to have as much as Mitch, Dan, and myself, we we rib each other and, and we poke and prod and and try to rally each other up. It is great to have that support system one way or another. Fantasy football, uh, friends, family, whatever it is. So I think that's absolutely fantastic. And we all know Mitch loves the motivational speakers. Like that's right. He, he loves it. He loves it. All right. So hopefully everybody enjoyed tonight's startup conversations. We're going to be focusing a lot on startup talks, uh, like I said, free agency, rookie drafts. So, you know, on, on the Patreon, I have my top 36 rookies in place, and we have them tiered as well. Mitch, I think you're at your top 24. You got you to gotta catch up. The 24 is good for right now. I'm good with 24 until we get a little bit further in depth, and then I'll start breaking out after that. Dan's about to have his top 160 rookies by next week. <laughs> I'm on my way, guys. I'm catching you. Hang in there. All right. We want to thank everybody for tuning in for exclusive bonus content. As we've already talked about, make sure you head over to patreon.com forward slash dynasty theory. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at dynasty theory. FF stay safe, be kind to each other and have a great night.